0: Well, here's a story for you.
1: To learn new languages.
0: That's that for the past 3 years. At a young age, I've experienced a whole lot. And a lot of stuff happening here.
1: Traveling back and forth.
0: Have you ever thought about the words you use?
2: كيف الحال? Вам здесь нравится? несу
1: об Aquí está a nossa casa. ka Minä niitä hyvin.
0: Have you ever pondered on the words other languages use? And have you ever wondered to yourself, how are these sounds made? I'm Maxwell Hope, and my goal is to try to answer this question. Vowel space, the final frontier. Hello, listeners and Average Joe. Today, we are talking about vowel articulation, that is, how vowels are made, and vowel acoustics, some properties about how vowels sound. We're also going to have a special short interview with an Arabic speaker about Arabic vowels and dialectal differences.
2: Awesome. Let's get into it.
0: So what do you know about vowels, Average Joe?
2: Uh, I may know a little bit. I may know about the, the A- the I, the E, the O, the U, and sometimes Y. Why? Yes, but uh, you know, that's that might be the that might be the breadth of my knowledge.
0: <laughs> well, vowels; those are all vowels in English. Yes. Uh, although when they're written, they might not always correspond to how the vowel might sound. Right. So, like, you might see a vowel that's written one way, and then it's actually pronounced a different way. Yeah. Okay, so, like, through versus though have a large string of of letters that correspond to how those sounds are made. So, or
2: we'll, polishing my Polish furniture.
0: Polishing my Polish. I've never heard this before.
2: Oh yeah, it's a famous like example of like a word that's spelled exactly the same, but it sounds completely different. Polish polish my Polish furniture.
0: Wow, that's really interesting. I haven't heard that example. Okay. That's really cool. So basically, vowels are going to contrast from stops. And we talked about stops in an earlier episode.
2: Don't stop me now.
0: Don't stop me now. Right. Yes. And what was the main thing that we kind of focused on with stops? Do you remember?
2: Well, the main thing that I remember is that a stop is created by a sort of blockage of the airway and then a release. So either the lips or the teeth or in some other languages, the way that the tongue curls can create a different kind of stop. But I think for English, like, a lot of the stops are, like, lips, teeth, and, like, in sometimes... In of the uh, mouth. Yeah, back of the mouth.
0: Yeah, so with... Exact, that's exactly right, Average Joe. So stops were made with, like, a complete obstruction of the airflow, a blockage, like you said, and then this release. And vowels, on the other hand, are made with a complete unobstruction. So when you say, ah... Uh... Nothing is being blocked there, right? You sort of have this unimpeded airflow.
2: Yeah. For listeners who want to try it at home, it does... You can feel like how there's nothing in the way.
0: Right. Exactly. So our vocal tract is sort of one big tube. And we have our vocal folds. Yes. And they are vibrating. So with vowels, we have that vibration. And we're sending that air all the way through, and and then it kind of travels up, and we can mess with vowels a little bit. We can mess with the space in our mouths.
2: You might say vowel vowel space.
0: In order to create different sounds, because we, again, we don't want to block the air completely. So what we can do is change where the tongue is positioned in the mouth. Okay. So, for example, E... The sound e e e, it is a little bit forward in the mouth,
2: e, towards the front. E yeah, I can feel like my tongue starting to press against the uh, back of my teeth. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit more forward and it's high, like you said, it's kind of up. Yeah, and that kind of contrasts from a more back vowel, which is towards the back, which would be like ooh ooh
2: ooh. Yeah, I can sort. Of My tongue sort of goes goes backwards. Yeah, Right,
0: exactly. So in terms of how far front or how far back we make, you know, our tongue position in our mouth, that can influence the sound. So E versus U. Uh, We can also think about tongue height. So tongues can go forward and back, but they can also go up and down. All right. So for example, E versus A, A is going to be a little bit lower with the tongue. So you want to try?
1: Yeah.
2: E, A, that's weird. I can like feel like my tongue sort of like curl up to meet the roof of my mouth when I say E, e yep. and then it just sort of goes back down when I go A. A yep.
0: exactly. So we have this frontness, we have this backness, we have up and down. And so these are going to be some main dimensions of how vowels are produced. And there's also one other important dimension that can come with manipulating because again we don't want to completely obstruct the airflow. But we can do other things just like we were just talking about. And then one other way is to do with lip rounding. Okay. So we can go back to the E o example with E so you can see me go E. Yeah. How are my lips? There. You could describe them. E.
2: It's kinda e. like a Yeah, just your lips are just opening up but it's they're not just flat, right? Yeah they're flat. Yeah.
0: Whereas like, ooh.
2: Ooh, your lips come together and sort of form an O?
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So ooh and O are both rounded vowels. Yeah. And so that can also influence how the vowel sounds. All right. So we were just talking about all of those dimensions that we can manipulate. How far forward or how far back the tongue is, how far high high up it is versus how low it is in the mouth, and then also the rounding of our lips, whether it's rounded or unrounded. And all of those ways that we actually produce the vowel have an influence on how certain properties about the sound, so like the acoustics. Okay. And one of these important properties is called a formance. And this is a little bit hard to understand, but because our vocal tract is sort of this one long tube, there are certain ways in which certain vowels will resonate more at certain frequencies. So an E sound will have different formants than an OO sound, for example. And formants are basically these increase, these bands of increased energy, increased amplitude, where that sound is naturally going to be resonated at.
2: All right. So the formants, so they're basically like, no matter how I pitch the E. Exactly. The E is always going to sound, so I could go, hi, hi, E, or E, and, but the E is always going to sound like an E no matter how I pitch it.
0: Yeah, because of the pattern of those formants. So even if your base pitch might be lower or higher, the way that those formants relate to each other, so like the, the first formant in relation to the second one and the third one, for example, are going to have a generally similar pattern. Okay. So... Even formants can change based on... So, like, some people have higher formants versus lower formants, and those can change. Like, they can all go up or down. However, in general, they all pattern. So, like, the E will have a patterning of their formants in a certain way versus an ooh will sound very different. Yeah. Because their formants are kind of unique. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just, like, this increased bands of energy due to where you're actually placing the tongue in your mouth and if you're rounding your lips or not. Okay. So that's about acoustics. And one thing that's really interesting is that there are actually studies where we can have someone listen to their own voice. So they'll be producing sounds and we'll sort of feed that sound back into them. Right. And so they're listening. But in the middle, we're going to kind of perturb or mess up their speech a little bit. And we're going to change those formats. And what we see is that they actually adapt to kind of like compensate or change their own vowel space because what they're hearing has had those formants manipulated.
2: Fascinating. So basically you are you're inducing sort of a a speech change. Exactly. All right.
0: And that also one other way that we can actually use formants to sort of fool someone or maybe manipulate their perception is that we can change how the vowel in relationship to like the stop beforehand sort of relates to each other, so like BA versus DA, so we can actually take like a BA signal and sort of manipulate that space in between the stop and the vowel just by changing a little bit between like where the stop is in the formants of the vowel, which is called the formant transition, And we can start to, just by manipulating that angle, we can actually get people to start hearing from everything, you know, they go from ba, and then all of a sudden they'll start hearing da, even though the original sound was not da. All right. So before I play the interview, I just wanted you to listen to the cardinal vowels, which are sort of like these idealized versions of how the vowels would sound like if they were produced with like those exact coordinates in the mouth. In that certain way.
2: All right, so sort of like the Platonic ideal of vowels. Exactly.
0: All right. So here are the cardinal vowels:
2: the eight primary cardinal vowels pronounced with a falling intonation. Ee, e, Ah,
0: Ah, a, Oh, Oh. Ooh. So those are the cardinal vows, and those are by uh, Daniel Jones, who is a phonetician, and he, he was a London-born British phonetician. And so these cardinal vows were thought of before Daniel Jones came to them, but he was sort of the one who kind of popularized them. And I believe that that was in the early 20th century. All right. Um, so he...
2: Sorry, it sounds like it's from the early 20th century. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I was just trying to see if I could find an exact date that the, that the Cardinal vowels were, that he gave that recording. Um, I mean, he I
2: probably recorded it several different times, depending on what his Oh, here we go. Was.
0: Jones arrived at a set of eight primary Cardinal vowels and recorded those on gramophone disc in 1917.
2: A gramophone disc? A
0: gramophone disc.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but...
0: Um, So now, now that we have the cardinal vows, we're going to go ahead and play the interview, which I did with my colleague Dreams on Arabic and Arabic vows.
2: All right. Can't wait to hear it.
0: All righty. So we're recording here and the department. And I have my friend, Dreams, who's here to share a little bit about vowels in Arabic. So I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Hi. Thank you, Maxwell. So in Arabic, we have the typical vowels, not complicated vowels. Uh, We have like six vowels in the modern standard Arabic, and it's different with the dialects. Some dialects have two more, some dialects one more. It depends on the dialects that is speaking. So Arabic is really variety dialects or really variety have a really variety dialects among the Arab countries. Each country have their dialects and it's really different from other Arab countries. Like for example, in my country, if we are talking in Arabic with someone in our dialect. With someone else from another Arab country, there will be a lot of misunderstanding, even though it's Arabic. So these vowels are. You
0: can just uh, you want to list the basic vowels first.
1: We have the long a, the short a, long e and short e, long u and short u. Okay. This is for this modern standard Arabic. Also, these vowels depend on the word, like some words, if we have. The long vowel, if we have the same word like ketaba, ketaba, it means write. Uh, Like to
0: write?
1: Yes, to write, the verb. If we, ketaba, it has the short vowel Mm a, right? So if we have the long vowel after the ta, which is uh, kitab, it will be something else, which is book. So they're
0: actually related. They sound related, like to write and book kind of are related.
1: Yeah, it's related, but sometimes it's not. It doesn't have anything right. Yeah. But like most of the times, we're, like verbs come from, it's word or it's name or noun. So so what are you talked about some different
0: dialects? So could you give some examples of how some different Arabic dialects might differ in vowels?
1: Yeah, I did my master thesis in, in this. Uh, I have the I did the comparison between the vowels in modern Central Arabic and vowels in one of the dialects in Saudi. So, this dialect has another extra vowel, which is eh, because in dialects, we tend to be like more simple, because the standard Arabic is like more formal. It's for the books, news, interviews. Dialects are, for example, if I say the word, like a lot of the words are the same, like madrasa. Madrasa is school, and madrasa is the same in Arabic. Uh, modern standard arabic and in the dialects all the dialects Midrisa. yeah okay so i found that the dialects that i did the um, study in with the modern standard arabic is the most the most dialect that's near to modern standard arabic
0: okay so it's very similar
1: yes it's only i think 80% okay. it's 80% like similarity between them but some dialects they have really different like they have like in arabic we don't we don't have consonant cluster that much but some dialect they have it, like they have the ah uh, sound in the beginning of the word, like kitab, as I said. Right. Some people they say iktab.
0: Ah, I see. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dream.
1: You're welcome.
2: Oh, that was very interesting, especially hearing about the differences between dialects of Arabic.
0: Exactly. And we obviously have dialectal differences in English. Even just within America, we have yeah. a lot of different dialects. And I know that you were thinking also the differences between like American dialects versus British.
2: Yeah. You know, the famous aluminum versus aluminium example.
0: And also, you, uh, Average Joe, you also had brought up word differences. So not just sound differences, but there are also other differences.
2: Yeah. Water closet versus toilet, trousers versus pants, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, so there's definitely all sorts of dialectal differences that are interesting, and sound differences are sort of what we're interested in. So vowels are kind of an integral part to creating these dialectal differences when it comes to sounds. So there's different vowels in different American dialects, and what are some of the dialects that you think of, Average Joe, when you think of?
2: Well, a famous dialect that I can think of is sort of the uh, Texas drawl.
0: The Texas draw. What is the Texas drawl?
2: Well it's certainly not the Texas Jaw.
0: It's not the Texas Jaw. Although it is perhaps that Average Joe thought it was called the Texas Jaw.
2: Perhaps. Average Joe has been mishearing that his entire life. But the Texas draw, I feel like, is sort of a famous American accent. And it's very regional. Like it's not like a southern accent which crosses several states. It's like very centered on one state.
0: So are there any things that you specifically like in terms of how things are pronounced?
2: Uh, Well, as long as the listeners don't mind me trying to replicate Texas accent, I'll give it a shot. (laughs) Now I'm all nervous. Uh, Howdy, (laughs) y'all. How y'all doing?
0: (laughs) That might be a more general Southern, a little bit.
2: Uh, maybe. I, I never claim... I am an average Joe. I never claim to be the... Yeah, you
0: are an average Joe. I will say that. We love average people.
2: <laughs> I never claim to be exceptional Joe, who is good at Texas accents.
0: <laughs> so, there is an interesting article that I came across as we were talking about the Texas drawl. And it says, Talking Texan, Y'alls, Drawls, and monothongs." And the thing with monothongs, we didn't talk about this earlier, but there is a difference between a monothong and a diphthong. Have okay. you heard of a diphthong before, Average Joe?
2: Uh, I think my, from the one linguistics class that I took, I think my main experience with diphthongs is with uh, glottal stops, because the glottal stop sort of creates a divide. Mm-hmm. Or I could be entirely wrong. It was just one linguistics class.
0: So... A diphthong has kind of two vowels that kind of come together. Okay. So we will often say like knight, right? Knight. Yeah. So that's a combination of A and E. Knight, knight. Okay. Knight. So that's different from a monothong. And in Texan draw, uh, the E kind of gets dropped. So knight becomes more like not.
2: Nah. Nah. Not.
0: Not. Right. Not. So that's one of the things that is different about the Texas draw. Alright. So are there any other dialects that you were thinking of, Average Joe?
2: Well, the other sort of dialect that comes to mind is sort of the uh I don't know if there's a proper name for it, but sort of like the Wisconsin accent. Uh very sort of Prairie Home Companion.
0: Prairie Home Companion. What is that?
2: It was an NPR uh radio program. Okay. That Garrison Keeler ran. He was the host and would talk about sort of the salt of the earth of the of Minnesota, Wisconsin. I forget which state, but yeah.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that. I also don't know a lot about Wisconsin accents, but I think it also kind of pairs with some of the other sort of accents near there. I think you had mentioned Minnesota and also Canadian. Yeah, Wisconsin Even a bit of the. Um,
2: Dakotas, I oh, think. Oh, Dakotas, yep. It's sort of that upper-mid-midwest accent.
0: So, alright, I can't find it right now, but I remember reading about or hearing about an interesting um, study where they played the same vowel sounds, but in one case they put Canadian stuff around the room, and in another case they didn't put anything, and I believe this was with American speakers and in the setting where there was like they were had the canadian stuff around them they started to actually perceive them they thought that they sounded more canadian even though they were the exact same stimuli
2: No, uh, yeah i mean this is a this is a well-known sort of concept of like your surroundings affect like how you how you perceive and how you speak you're originally from philadelphia right so you probably have the philly accent but you know, when we're talking, it's not so obvious. But when you go home, I assume it comes back in full force.
0: Right, exactly. So a lot of people might show their accent, or at least uh, use it a little bit more when they're sometimes when they get in like a heated debate, or they get really emotional, they'll start to use their accent a little bit more. Or yeah, if you go home, so I kind of lost the Philly accent, I don't really even say water anymore, every once in a while. But if I go home, then it's just water. You know, I don't say water. And then earlier we were talking about salty versus soddy. Yes. And that I had always heard in Philly, saudi.
2: Yeah. And so, how offended your niece was that oh, yes, you the, had dropped saudi for... <laughs>
0: for salty. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think that this has been a good intro to Val's episode. And I also wanted to say, you know, based on what we talked about, given the different dialects and how vowels are pronounced and especially because dialects really have a lot to do with how vowels are actually produced maybe you might start to think about like how have you changed or modified your production of vowels based on the people around you and maybe next time you listen to someone who has a different accent than you try to see if you can tune into like how they're making those vowels differently
2: okay i think that's about it for this episode
0: all right time to sound off Hooked is produced by Maxwell Hope and Jeffrey Ferris. It is edited by Jeffrey Ferris. The role of Average Joe was voiced by Jeffrey Ferris. The music in this episode was Unwritten Return and Impact Prelude, which were created by Kevin MacLeod and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can find Kevin MacLeod's music at his website, www.incomptech.com Vocal samples were used from the International Dialects of English Archive and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can find more examples of English dialects at their website, www.dialectsarchive.com. Vocal samples were used from 50Languages.com and licensed for use under Creative Commons. You can go to their website and learn another language for free at www.50Languages.com.